Welcome to Living Free Today, a ministry of Cornerstone Fellowship in San Lorenzo, California. These podcasts are the weekly sermons of Dr. Michael L. Wilson. Please open your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 2, and we shall be looking at verse 13. As I promised last week, you have in your bulletin the 49 commands of Jesus. That is something that if you do not know what Jesus commanded is a good reference, good bookmark in your Bible. The version that I have given you has a title then a scripture verse, then an interpretation that's bold. The only inspired part of that paper is the verse. Uh, What the author of that list, and if you go online, you can find tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people listing the 49 commands, and many of them try to interpret them and add application Uh, All you need to know is that 49 times Jesus commanded his disciples in such a way that they are, those commands uh, are also for us. And so in verses, in verse 12, if you recall, verse 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, So now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That is the side of the coin that we are responsible for. Verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And that is the other side of the coin where God is involved in our sanctification. Now, John MacArthur is a great teacher, and he loves alliteration. Alliteration is when all of your points start with the same letter. You didn't know that. I am not good at alliteration, so I'm borrowing his alliteration for this. And there are five aspects of verse 13 that that is about God and how he is involved in our sanctification. And the first is... We see God as a person, okay? God is not just a force. God is not some amorphous random stuff out there. There is a movement today to thank the universe. If you have good things happening, the universe has no mind. The universe has no heart. God is the power behind everything that's going on up there, but people do not want to Thank God. God is the only one who can work in our lives and move us in a direction. There is only one God. One person that I was reading the other day said that there's only three views of the deities in the world today. The first is atheism. There is no God. There's polytheism, there are many gods, and there's monotheism, there's only one God. If you are an atheist or a polytheist, you will have chaotic teaching, you will have nothing of authority in your life. 
because if you have no God, you have no authority. And if you have, as the Hindus have, 300 million gods, they cannot agree, and so you, you pick and choose which God you want because things are not, there's no single authority. But if you're a monotheist, like Christians are, you have one authority. That one authority is God. You can look to God. I got a question. I'll go ask God. I need wisdom. I'll go ask God. It is a system that God has put together, being the only one true eternal God, and allows us to come to Him that allows us to have truth and authority and wisdom. God working in you, God is personal. You have views that God is, is totally transcendent and you can't know him or his name is unknown. That is not true for the Christian. We know who God is. We know where God is. He's everywhere. We know his name in scripture that he has been given. We know what he has revealed about himself which is enough to get us on board and following Him. He is personal. He loves you. It is God who sent His Son to die for you so you could have this relationship. God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, eternal, infinite, and the creator of all that is. And He cares about you and what you're doing this afternoon. He cares about you and how you live your life. The second thing we have is God's power. It'd be great if God just loved you but couldn't do anything about it. That would be a, a strange situation. We would say, yes, God, you love me, but I need help in this situation. And God, ah, well... What can you do? God is not that way. God has the power to carry out what he promises to carry out, to carry out what we need from him to live our life. It says in 13, for it is God who works. The word for works is energeo, which is where we get the word energy. So God gives us the energy, God gives us the power to do the various works that are out there. God is not a puppet master, okay? There are some people who say, well, if God would only make me do this or something, and then when we're doing something else, you go, but I have free will and I don't want God to make me do this. The, the debate of free will and God's working will go on forever and ever. There's a book I have actually called Free Will and the Sovereignty of God, and their conclusion is those are two parallel lines that meet in eternity, and we'll get our answers there, and God will explain it, and I don't know if we'll understand it, but free will and God's sovereignty, it is clear from Scripture that God is not a puppet master. He does not make people do things. He is not pulling strings to make somebody believe this or do this or act this way. There is a great aspect of free will and choice in Scripture, and we present that 
When we present Christianity, we are presenting an offer of what God has done, and the receiver of that offer has the choice, the free will choice, to accept the gift or not accept the gift. Uh, God does involve himself in giving us the grace to change a heart from total rebellion to acceptance, but it is still our choice. We are still culpable for receiving Jesus Christ or not. And so you have, for example, these 49 commands that are on the piece of paper, that are in Scripture, and you can look them up, and you can mark them in your Bible. These are offers. These are God saying... I want you to do these things. I want you to act this way. And some people have said, well, the 49 commands are not as important as the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, your love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. The nine aspects of the Christian life that are in Galatians. Good way to look at it is your fruit of the Spirit are foundational. You, they are attitudes that a Christian have. There's faithfulness. Faithfulness can be outlived and applied in dozens, if not hundreds, of different ways. And one person can say, well, I'm faithful. But another person says, I'm faithful in this way and faithful in this way. So the fruit of the Spirit seems to be attitudinal, foundational, while the 49 commands are actual things that we need to do. Jesus commanded them and us to witness, to be fishers of men. How you do it, who you do it to, is a freedom that we have, but it is something that is put before you as something that God wishes you to do. And when we talk about the leading of the, of the Holy Spirit, those sorts of things are how God moves us into action. I have had people through the years tell me that I've, I, they say, Christian, Christianity doesn't work. One person said this. Christianity doesn't work. I said, what do you mean? What's it supposed to do? You know, how does, how does it not work? And they say, well, God doesn't lead me. I have no peace. I have no direction. I believe in God, but it doesn't work. I get nothing out of it, basically. And so I said, so how is your Bible reading? And they said, my what? I said, how is your prayer? And they said, what do you mean? And every aspect of what people need to do to get involved in God, they didn't have the time for. They didn't have the desire for. They didn't have the want. And so they believed that if they only believed in God, that their life would be honky-dory and they could do whatever they want and life would be grand. But we have a part to play. And the... Reading of God's Word is an offer. It is stated in Scripture as a command, but I believe today we can present it as an offer. God says, 
Here's a book, okay, written by people, inspired by God, translated into thousands of languages. In America, Bibles flow like water. You can get a million of them on your phone. You can get, you know, they even sell them at Costco. Okay, some days it's in the fiction section, some days in the nonfiction section, and people have all sorts of fun online with that. But they still sell Bibles in Costco. They really do. And you can go and get a very cheap, well-made Bible, and you can read it. But that takes a free will choice on my part. I need to get out of bed, put my feet on the ground, and go somewhere and get a Bible. And then when I get the Bible, I need to spend some time during the day, and we're all busy, and we all have no time to do anything, I understand. We need to pick a time and sit down and open it and just start reading it and see what it says. And if you read it, then God's power, God's teaching, God's truth will get into you. Now, anybody can read a Bible, but if you are saved and you have the Holy Spirit, you now have wisdom and understanding to understand and apply the Bible. If you are a Christian and have the Holy Spirit, the power of God working in you will speak to you while you read the Bible. And a lot of people and I believe this is good advice, as you're reading the Bible, pray about what you're reading. It's quite possible you will read through it and you will say, I don't understand this because either the language is something you don't understand or you don't understand the times. Got to remember this was written thousands of years ago originally and people have done great jobs in putting it into modern language. But you can get confused and you can say well I don't know what this is I've never I've never lived in a slavery situation okay like Rome had back in the time of Jesus and so you may need a little education and so that's why you come to church and people who say Christianity doesn't work and I say well what church do you go to and they say what do you mean if you Three things every Christian needs to be doing, and if you're doing these three things, Christianity will work. And all the promises of Scripture, you will see the fulfillment and the truth, and the three things are, you read your Bible regularly, not every minute of every day. I do recommend every day. Spend some time, read a handful of verses. Some people say, well, you have to read the whole thing through in a year. That's a plan. Some people say, well, I got to do every two years. That's also a plan. It doesn't matter as long as you're opening it up and you're reading it. If you have something like the NIV or ESV, the, the writings are divided into paragraphs. And you can see with the indent and everything what the paragraph is. A paragraph or a story in Bible, the theologians call a pericope. A pericope is a contained part. And so some people say, 
read a pericope a day, and you may hear that if you're listening to podcasts on Bible reading or something. And that's what it means. It means a paragraph, in something like a letter, or if it's an Old Testament story of David, it's for the story beginning to end. And a lot, you know, all of David's stories are a, pair, a, a, a chapter or less. And when you're reading through it and you go, oh, look what David did. Look what God did in David. Is that something I want in my life? Then I can pray about it. And if I pray about it, I can then go to church and talk to the people about what I'm praying about and what I think is true about this. And there may be Christians who have been Christians longer and Christians who have been Christians shorter. And we can have a discussion in Bible study, in Sunday school, about what I am applying about the different things in Scripture. And all of it is the power of God. Why does Christianity work? If you read your Bible, if you pray, and if you go to church, because God has said Christianity will work if you pray and read your Bible and go to church. And if God says something is going to work, you're going to get peace, you're going to get meaning, you're going to get purpose, you're going to get fulfillment. If you do these things, then you're going to get these things if you do these things. God is not a... Uh, a capricious liar. He doesn't just say things to see how you'll react. He says things to explain his character, and his character is he doesn't lie. In fact, in the Bible it says, God cannot lie. That is a verse in the Bible. And you say, where is it? I'm not going to tell you. you got to look. you got to read your Bible until you find the truth that God cannot tell a lie. Okay, and God cannot tell a lie. When we read the Bible, we believe that this is true, that the things that are being said here are true about God and true about history. And we can be a person who understands, who believes in God because of His power. And so what God's power does is He creates a path but we have to walk it. He opens a door, but we have to go through it. He gives us a Bible, but we have to open it. He gives us a church, but we have to go to it. God presents thousands, tens of thousands, millions of offerings for Christian growth in this world. He puts Christian teachers, and to speak a modern language, on podcasts and on YouTube. But I've got to open the YouTube machine and watch it. I've got to set aside time to listen to this 20-minute teaching. And there are some people, even today, I've heard people say, I don't have the time to read Scripture. What is going on there is they are saying, yes, Scripture is good. My Bible is on the kitchen table. Okay, may even be open. And this is a good thing to have, but it will happen when it happens. 
It will happen when I have time. Now your flesh is constantly working against the Holy Spirit. Your flesh is saying, you never have time. Your flesh is saying, no, that game is more important. That uh, show is more important. That whatever, phone call with a friend, is more important than Scripture. That is what your flesh, that we are burdened with until we are glorified in heaven. Okay? Can't get rid of it. It is there. It will fight you tooth and nail unless you make a plan. When I was growing up, I think it was my grandfather, somebody that I knew, and you see it all over the place. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Okay? I am a very planful person. Maybe you're not. You can still plan. You plan when you go to the grocery store. When you go to the grocery store, most people make a list. You could go to the grocery store and just buy whatever looks good. But most people will make a list and they will follow a list. That is planning. You can say at 2.30, from 2.30 to 2.40, 10 whole minutes tomorrow, I'm going to open the Bible on my phone, a paper Bible, however you do it, on the web, and I'm going to read for 10 minutes. Okay? Some people have said, well, that's not spirit-led. I say, what do you mean? That's, <laughs> do I have to wait till I feel like I want to read the Bible? If every day I have to wait until I feel like it, I'm not going to do much Bible reading. Okay? You could, your phone. Some people say, I don't remember to read the Bible. Every single phone that exists today, including flip phones, I have asked this question on the web to ask to have people, I defy them to find a phone that doesn't have an alarm function. Every single phone that is out there today, can, you can set an alarm for 2.30 and say, make an alarm. You can talk to your phone. Some, some is all manual. But your phones can remind you that, hey, it's time for Bible reading. Now, like most alarms, your flesh will say, ah, how do you snooze this thing? And you go and you snooze it because I don't want to read the Bible. But you need to stay, you know, God's power is offering all this stuff to you and we just need to get into it. And we just need to do it. God's power works because of His presence. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. Ponder that for just a little bit and you get a headache. But the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And so I can pray... God, give me the desire to read your word. Okay? I can actually pray that. Give me the desire to read your word. And the Holy Spirit, if you're serious, will go, okay. Because the Holy Spirit can change your emotions, your thought patterns, your brain chemistry, your back hurts. The Holy Spirit can 
Make your back not hurt. If the Holy God can do anything from out here, but hey, God's inside you. And if God's inside you, God can do things to make you feel better about reading the Bible. You pray for a desire to read the Bible. God can give you a desire to read the Bible where you cannot wait until 2.30. It's 1.30 and you go, man, I'm going to read the Bible, but my alarm's for 2.30. And I, you, know, you can't wait like Christmas morning. God can put that desire in you. He's put it in me. Not every day, but he's put it in me. And I know other people who have said it's miraculous. When you pray for the desire to read the Bible, how it gives, because God wants you to do this. You say, God gives you a path of reading the Bible. You say, God, I, it's a hard path. I don't want to do it. And God says, do you want my help? And you say, yes, I'm praying for a desire to read the Bible. And God will pick you up and put you on the path and, and push you along. He's still not a puppet master, but he's giving you desires. And so what is his purpose? Why is he doing this? It says in 13, both to will and to work. God has a plan. God has a will. We speak of the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. God's will for you is to walk as close to Him as you can, to walk in the Spirit, to do things that make you a better Christian every day, where you wake up in the morning and you say, wow, I remember this reading from yesterday, and I now, because God can work when we sleep, give you ideas, I can wake up in the morning and say, now I have a plan to apply this. I know what I'm going to do with my friend, my cousin, my car, my house, my finances, my work, because I read this that I, I don't know what he's saying there, but I'm going to read it, and then in the morning, I now know what to do about it. I now know how to apply it. And all of this is by grace. We say, I'm saved by grace, but I'm also sanctified by grace. I'm not earning any of this. I'm just participating, and God wants us to participate. God is a God who makes offers, and he lays things out. I was talking to somebody several months ago, and he was explaining how five people in a row like witness to him or told him something that he needed to improve for his Christian walk. And he asked me, what's going on? And I said, God is laying things out in front of you like you have a table. And God's laying out these blessings and these purposes and these meanings, but we have to pick them up. We have to say, I want that. And God says, well, it's a little bit of work. If you want that, that means you've got to pray about what you're reading. And I say, okay, I'm willing to do the work because I want this massive blessing that is being laid before me. And so God has a will and God has a plan for the world. And you are part of this plan. And for you to participate, 
fully in this plan, you need to grab a hold of the Christian life and don't let go and tell God you want more and tell God you want deeper and you, you feel bad about this or your flesh is fighting over here. And you start laying things out before God and say, I got this problem. You're giving me this blessing, but I got this struggle. And God says, I can take care of that. I can take care of that. And God begins to fix the things that are opposed to the Christian life. And ultimately, why does he do it? It says, he ends this verse with, for his good pleasure. He does it because it gives him pleasure. Probably God thinks it's fun. I don't, we don't think of God having fun. But think of taking God taking you and growing you as a Christian in directions and applications that you couldn't even imagine. God gets great joy out of that. We are his project is one way to look at it. Once again, he's not, a pro, he's not a puppet master, but he is a potter and we are his clay. And as he's making us into things and we yield and we say, okay, and we say, good, and we say, well, I'm going to read the Bible for 15 minutes today because it's such a great thing. I can't wait to get into it. And I'm going to pray about what I'm reading and I'm going to go to church and be with God's people. And as we do that, God begins to offer more and we begin to tell Him more and accept His offers and back and forth, back and forth, God is fixing things as we accept more and more of what He's doing. John MacArthur, in looking at this, said that every Christian should understand that sanctification takes the most strenuous effort on our part, but is nonetheless totally dependent on God's power. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, I just praise you that you are a God who cares what we think and cares what we do. And you want us to walk the narrow path and follow you in all we do. I pray that you would teach us how to do that. That you would give us a desire to follow you more and closer. And that through it all, when you finally come back and bring us home, it will just be, it will be like a continuation of the path because we've been following you so close on this earth. Lord, we thank you for this and ask your blessing upon this day. We ask all this through the blood of Christ. Amen. Cornerstone Fellowship is located at 180 Llewellyn Boulevard, San Lorenzo, California. Our Sunday morning service is at 1045 a.m. Our website is livingfreetoday.org and our phone number is 510-278-2622. May God continue to bless you as you serve your King. God bless.